Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, God is one. Except you see signs and wonders you will not believe, are Jesus' words when he, when a certain nobleman, comes to beseech Jesus to come and heal his son. Now, at first, you might think these words are directed at the nobleman, especially because in the first sentence, the nobleman says to Jesus, Sir, come down, or my child is going to die. But in the first instance, Jesus is using the second person plural, the, which you obviously in English doesn't capture the distinction. But of course, here in the South, we have the perfect word for this, y'all. And thus, Jesus is really saying, except y'all see signs and wonders, y'all will not believe. And he's speaking to all of those around him, not necessarily the nobleman. In fact, after Jesus tells the nobleman to go his way because his son lives, St. John tells us that the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him, and he went his way. At that point, there had been no signs and wonders. He didn't even know until he got home that his son indeed had been cured by Jesus. And so thus, there was something very distinctive about this nobleman compared to the crowd that Jesus is speaking of that will only believe with signs and wonders. Because he believed without those signs and wonders, while everyone else listening, according to Jesus, needed them uh, in order to believe. So who was Jesus's audience for this passage? Well, it turns out it's quite interesting. Today's passage is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And that chapter opens with Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. We all recall how he talks to her about living water and about the hour when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will one worship the Father. But instead, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And in fact, he says something stronger that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. He also reveals to her that he is the Messiah. He talks about living water that we heard in Revelation today um, in our morning prayer readings. But I guess in some ways it was the signs that convinced everyone uh, in that town too because it says that many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony specifically that testimony being that he told her all that she ever did and then it says that after two days he then departed for Galilee and it says that he came to Galilee that they all welcomed him why because they'd seen all he'd done in Jerusalem at the feast and what was that well we turn back to chapter 3 and we hear that Jesus was cleansing the temple. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there and making a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. 
When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Now there's more. The Gospel of Pericope starts just a little late for us to know where this is happening. We hear that the nobleman is from Capernaum. And it turns out, if we read a few sentences before, that this is happening in Cana in Galilee. Where St. John specifically notes when he says this, that that's where Jesus had made water into wine, just at the beginning of chapter 3, the chapter before this chapter. The miracle of Cana and Jesus turning the water into wine. So starting at the beginning of chapter 3 in John's Gospel here, we have the wedding at Cana, the turning of the tables, Jesus knowing what's in man, the Samaritan at the well, and then today's story of the nobleman's son being healed now back in Cana. Now that we have this context and we know that Jesus is speaking negatively about those who believe only by signs and wonders, we can start to dig deeper and ask how we should believe. In today's offertory proper, we will hear the start of one of the most disturbing stories of the Old Testament, that of Job. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, perfect and upright, and one that feared God, and Satan sought to tempt him, and power was given his by the Lord over his possessions and over his flesh, and he destroyed all his substance and his sons, and he smote his flesh with sore boils. Now Satan believes that Job will curse the Lord to his face if everything Job cares about him is taken from him. Satan believes that God's granting of good things to Job is why Job is perfect and upright. Why, in the Lord's words himself, there is no one on earth like him, a man who is blameless and upright, who fears God and shuns evil. And yet, when Satan takes everything from Job, his possessions, his family, his health, and even his friends try to turn him from God, Job perseveres. Faith in God is not something we can have only when things are going well. The world's broken, and Satan is out there trying to attack us, trying to make us turn from God. Our faith in God must be steadfast in times of good and in times of bad. And we cannot simply rely on seeing spectacular things to base our faith on. Signs and wonders are fickle, and moreover, they can be dangerous, misleading. Indeed, the only other times that Jesus says signs and wonders are in Matthew and Mark, when Jesus is talking about the Antichrist. From Matthew, If any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall, be, shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And from Mark, similar, For false Christs and prophets shall rise, and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be careful. Our Lord is certainly spectacular. He created the universe as we hear in our opening proper today. He proves his dominion over it by the wondrous things that he did and that were recorded in the pages of the Bible. And he continues to show us signs and wonders all the time. In fact, in this very church building, we witness the, the marvelous miracle of bread and wine becoming his very body and blood. We do know Jesus from his signs. And recall what the man born blind 
who was cursed by Jesus, said to the Pharisees who were interrogating him. It says they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we don't know whence he is. And the man answered and said unto them, Why? Herein is a marvelous thing that you do not know from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. In that instance, the Pharisees were the blind ones. Jesus was doing the very miracles that were foretold of the Messiah, and yet the Pharisees believe it was Jesus who was the false Christ. They couldn't see the miracle of miracles, that God himself would become man for us, and even suffer death, a shameful, painful death at that, to save us from sin and death, to re reunite us with God. There can be no greater sign or wonder to be marveled at than that. But it's not the type of sign and wonder that anyone was expecting, that anyone wanted, really. So if we experience signs and wonders, then we're blessed, and we can test them against that standard. Our Lord doesn't show off. He often told people not to talk about the signs he did. He doesn't force himself on others, but heals at the request of the person themselves or their friends and family. He offers the gift of his body and blood to us, but we still have to approach in faith and receive. Jesus' signs and wonders are not for spectacle. So if we're lucky enough to experience a miracle, then we can compare it to the standard of the humble incarnation and crucifixion of God and know whether it comes from God or not. But our faith cannot be founded or be sustained by signs and wonders. We need to commit today to having the faith of Job an unshakable faith, that even if the world comes crashing down around us, we know that God will never stop caring for us, a faith that recognizes any suffering in this world is fleeting, and that we have the promise of God, that a seat is waiting for us at the marriage feast of the Lamb, that we will spend eternity in the presence of God, who loves us so much that he gave everything he has, so that we, by grace, can become everything he is talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.